This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to say big thanks to the title sponsor of the big show. That's Big O. Right now through September 6th, that's uh, today. Save up to $150 on Big O brand tires during the Big O Tires anniversary sale. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Get down there. Make that happen. Take advantage. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily, former BYU quarterback. He's going to join us on on Mondays once again this year. Get his thoughts on the football weekend and uh, particularly nice when it's rivalry week, there, Gordon. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those uh, turnarounds from what happened over the weekend. Let me ask you this: How much of an advantage is it for Utah to have had an, an extra couple of days? Uh, negligible, I'd say. Really? I mean, of course, having an extra day, you know, extra day to recover, prepare those things. I I, I think that's you know reality, but. I don't think it will decide the game. Yeah, I, just being able to rest up and, and sort of put things together, although I think the Utes are in pretty good shape in that regard, better than BYU. Out to the Smart Rain special guest line we go. It's no mystery. Utah's in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, former Cougar, uh, former Cougar quarterback Tanner Megum with us back on the big show. What's up, Tanner? How's it going? Terrific. A heartfelt congratulations to you and your young family, my friend. Uh, we've been uh, kept up to date on everything, and it sounds like everything went really well. Congratulations on the addition. No, I appreciate it. Very, uh, We're very happy, very excited. Both baby and mom are doing well. She's been um, just a lot of fun, and uh, we're, we're definitely excited, so I appreciate that. So, Tanner, uh, real quick before we get to football, um, when my first, uh, when, when, when I remember when my daughters were born, especially uh, number one, it was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing <laughs> to experience that. Your experience was? Very, very, very similar. I, I, I really can't even put into words. I think any parent would agree that it's just indescribable, that feeling of, uh, watching the, this this new um, soul enter the into the world, and it's just you know my love and admiration for for Sid. My wife just goes up even more. I mean, it was just a really amazing, most beautiful experience of my life for sure. Now uh, I'm now I know you're not going to get this question from your father-in-law because of his lack of experience in the in the <laughs> realm. But how's your diaper changing skill? Pretty good. How's it coming? They, they, they still need some work. I'm getting All some right. practice in. I, I think it's going to take a little bit, but uh, definitely work in progress. <laughs> well, I can show you a few. <laughs> but tips, so, but yeah. so far so good. You know, it's just good. starting starting small. I like it. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk a little football, Tanner. And actually, we'll we'll get to football on the field. But Gordon and I were just chatting about this in the last segment. What are your thoughts on on BYU potentially going to the Big Twelve? As it looks like that is uh, moving, and could uh, news could come as soon as this week? I mean, with the college football landscape these days, I feel like anything is possible. And honestly, I think it'd be a great move. 
um, you know, I, I think for a long time it's been in discussion, and for it to finally be taking, uh, you know, kind of getting some traction is is, is a good sign. And I was, I think there's always some concerns of, um, you know, in years past, it, there's been hopes that th- that it would happen, but then it ended up, it ended up getting nixed or ended up getting delayed and. Um, I feel like this is kind of the closest it's ever been, and I think it would be a big move, bigger exposure, more money, better for recruiting. Um, you know, I, I, I think all around it'd be a win-win. So, Tanner, I know you were taking mental notes of what you saw from BYU quarterback Jaron Hall. Uh, share some of those, will you? Yeah, I I think that game really um, came down to how the game started. Um, it, first game of the season. First start for Jaron in a while. Um, first time really being on, you know, on the big national stage like that. You could definitely tell at, at the start there was a little bit of those first game jitters. Um, you know, he started off one for six, missed a couple easy throws. You could just tell he wasn't quite himself, wasn't quite all the way settled in. And so then from there, I think Coach Roderick noticed that. Coach Roderick is big on helping his players feel comfortable and not giving them too much or overwhelming them. He wants to help his players feel confident. And so from that point, you could tell the play calling got a little conservative. Um, and that's where some of the, I think some of the issues started, where the kind of the lulls came about. There were flashes. Um, uh, there were you know, some, some big plays that were made. But overall, I think for, for after that start, after the shaky start, you got a little bit, um, yeah, I guess conservative is, is the word. And But then, I think from there, Jaron got settled in that second half. There were some, some drives that, that he put together that were really solid. Um, I think the touchdown pass to Neal was beautiful on the deep post. Um, kind of showed his, his capability there, his arm strength, his accuracy, his touch. Um, he, he exhibited his, his athletic ability, his playmaking ability with his feet on that long scramble down the sideline. Um, and so I think, you know, he's, he's just got to be able to, to settle in from the start, out the gate, especially with this, this uh, upcoming matchup next week against Utah. It's going to be crucial for Jaron and the whole team to, to get off to a, to a hot start. You know, you're not, you're not going to be able to, to get away with, you know, too many mistakes, not going to be able to get away with turnovers, especially in these, in these matchups with BYU-Utah. It always comes down to turnovers and ball control. And so I think – um, you know, Coach Roderick is going to just have to work with, with Jaron to make sure that, you know, they, they have the right game plan in place that is, one, comfortable for Jaron, but, two, more explosive, more creative, more dynamic. Because once they started doing that, that's where they had success. So I'm going to ask you a cliche quarterback question, uh, I guess, but I think it's an important one. And it's about, you know, you hear the cliche, can he make all of the throws? That guy can make all of the throws. And it doesn't mean, you know, that you're guaranteed success. And and guys that can't make all of the throws, by the way, like say somebody like Tim Tebow had plenty of success in in college football. But my question to you is, can Jaron Hall make all of the throws? I would say he can make 85 to 90 percent of the throws. Um, and that's pretty good. Um, you know, I think last year BYU fans got a little bit spoiled with Zach. Um, Zach was just unbelievably confident on top of his game and was just making making all of those throws. And I think also the the easier schedule helped with that as well. It gave him opportunities to get away with some aggressive uh, type of throws and and really um, put his his throwing. Um, 
expertise on display. Uh, you know, and so so I think BYU fans have to temper their expectations a little bit. You know, Jaron's a different player than Zach. Um, he he can make most of the throws. Um, he can definitely make the throws that matter, the the ones that count. Um, you know, he he showed that on on Saturday. There are some that he missed, which I know he can make. Um, you know, and if he connects on those, I think there's a much, a much better taste in Cougar fans um, now the, the the next day. So, uh, you know, he's got to be able to just, just play within himself, use his strengths to his, uh, to his advantage. Like I said before, use his playmaking ability with his feet. Um, you know, he, only, he really only did it just once, once or twice. He can definitely use that more against Utah, especially if Utah goes with man coverage. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Jaron to scramble a little bit more. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, I think really – it's a great opportunity for him to, to show what kind of throws he can make against big time opponents. How difficult is it, Tanner, for for a guy like that who has that kind of athleticism to go through his progressions the way he should and to see the field? I it's it's hard to tell that when you're watching on TV. But I had a friend of mine who was at the game, uh, who was up in the press box, and he. He told me that in the early stretch that you were describing there, there were some open receivers being missed. Yeah, again, I think that comes down to just those first game jitters, kind of being not quite as settled, not quite as confident. Um, you know, but I think to, to Jaron's credit, he wasn't too jumpy, uh, if that makes sense. Like, oftentimes when you get when you get an athletic quarterback that has the ability to run, you'll see them drop back, look at their first read, and then if it's not there, take off and run. Um, I think that was something that, uh, you know, we saw a lot from Taysom. Uh, back when he played at BYU, he was very obviously very comfortable running the football. And so you, you would see that a lot where first first read isn't there, bam, they take off running. And I, I, Jordan didn't do that. Yes, he did miss some guys. He missed some open guys downfield. He missed some easy throws. But at least he was staying in the pocket. He wasn't getting too frantic or too panicky. He was, you know, overall stayed, stayed pretty calm. It was just a matter of kind of settling in and finding his touch, finding his groove. Um, and so that's, that's good to see. And I, and I think he's smart to do that because he has the ability to, to do both. He's not, you know, stronger in one area than the other. He's very balanced. He's a good thrower and a good runner. You mentioned I think it's, good for, it's good for him to use both. You mentioned Tanner that sixty-seven yard throw he had. I don't think a ball could be thrown much more perfect than that one was. And what was so impressive to me about that is he had traffic in front of him. It wasn't like he was just sitting back in the pocket without any pressure, and yet he delivered it in the face of that right on time, right on target. Exactly. That that was a great example of him just being comfortable in the pocket, not getting too frantic and not looking to, to take off and run at the first sign of trouble. Um, but, you know, I think a big thing here, a big concern of mine going into this to this uh, big matchup next week is BYU's health. Um, obviously, losing Gunnar Romney is a big uh, loss for that offense, and, uh, and uh, you know we'll, we'll wait to see on, on the Nakua brothers. Um, I know they were holding them out to, to be you know keep to be cautious, keep them healthy. Um, those would be very welcome additions for the BYU offense. Um, but you know Jaron's going to need a, a lot of help. Um, I think Tyler Algier shined really really well in, in that game. He, he showed he's the clear RB one. Um, just you know it's, it's impressive seeing his, his continued improvement, his speed. His um, you know, his strength coming around the edge. It's 
they're going to need all things to click. And I think on Saturday they weren't clicking all the way. They they got lucky. They they um, the defense was was you know lucky that Arizona's field goal team didn't connect twice. Um, you know, an easy interception at the end of the game. You know, it was it was a kind of a little, little bit of a sloppy first game. But they're going to need to uh, to clean things up if they want to you know have a chance of success on Saturday against Utah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Utah looks to have a pretty good roster. Roster They brought a lot of uh, folks back, but you know, you're familiar with the way Utah does things. They've been doing it kind of the same way for a long, long time. So with that in mind, what needs to happen this upcoming week for BYU to get a victory? <laughs> it's been a long time coming. I mean, really, I, I think last year would have been their best shot to get a victory against the U. Um, you know, Utah was having a little bit of a down year. BYU was having a little bit of an up year. Uh, but now here we are, and, and I think, you know, it's just one game in, so it's kind of a little bit too hard to, to tell with 100% certainty on who is the better team. Um, I mean, I, I obviously would, would give the, the nod to Utah at this point, just based on how they looked in game one um, versus how BYU did. Um, but it, like I said, it, it's going to take much better execution on both sides of the ball, I guess technically in all three facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams. BYU got away with a lot of uh, mistakes. Um, you know, for example, you something as simple as the botched PAT uh, on that first score against Arizona. You know, that, you can't get away with that against a team like Utah. Um, three and outs. Um, you know, injuries uh, to, to key players. Defense, you know, giving up, um, you know, mis- busted coverages on defense. Um, you know, getting lucky with Arizona's missed field goals. Like I said, they, they got lucky a little bit, and against Utah, it's, you can't really get lucky. Um, you got to really be sharp. You have to execute. All three facets of the game have to be on top of on top of their game, and um, so you know they obviously have to work it out for them. But I, I think these games, as we all know, come down to one play or one turnover, and the little things add up. And so we'll see how uh, who, who executes better on Saturday. Why didn't BYU utilize the tight ends more, Tanner? Any idea? I mean, my opinion, I mean, I, I, uh, this is just, just an opinion, but I, I don't think they have the, quite the, um, the dynamic down the field, stretch the field playmaking ability that they've had in the past. Um, you know, I think last year, obviously, Isaac Rex was, you know, a touchdown machine, but a lot of those touchdowns came in short yarded situations. You know, he, he's not the guy that's going to, like, really stretch the, the seam or put pressure on an outside corner. Um, you know, they, they don't have the type of speed that, uh, that, that Matt Bushman had, you know, Bushman was a little bit of a flex guy. You could flex him out a little bit and he could, he could run, you know, he had some good, good speed, but with Isaac and Dallin Holker, I think they're still just kind of figuring out where their, um, you know, where, where their strengths lie. Uh, they obviously are solid possession receivers. I would say they're, you know, reliable pass catching targets, but, you know, they weren't necessarily utilized um, stretching the field. And I think that'll that'll be something to watch for on Saturday because um, they're going to, you know, they're going to need them. They, like I said, Jaren's going to need all the help he can get in the run game and in, in the passing game. And, and having those tight ends as, as an option goes a long way. And just helping a quarterback feel comfortable, giving you know, him a reliable target on those short to intermediate passes. So, um, you know, and I think I, I know Coach Roderick, he wants to get him involved more. So I know that's a learning from Saturday, and they're definitely going to game plan more to get them more involved. 
Did the rivalry change when Coach Sataki got hired? You played for both Bronco and, and Kalani. It felt it feels to me like the vibe around the rivalry got taken down a notch maybe because of uh, Coach's experience with both teams. But give us your thoughts as somebody who was there. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I feel like it it, it got – See, this is tough because this is this is from a BYU perspective. Like from from a BYU perspective, like it it felt even worse because the wins just kept adding up. I mean, what are we at nine straight now? Mm-hmm. And and so as those wins just kept adding up, just felt more and more um, motivated, you know, to 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 try and end the streak a little bit more um, a bitter, a little bit more just you know, this a little bit more more tension. I mean, obviously, Coach Sadake had had experience at Utah, but I mean, he, he you know he wanted he wants to beat them as bad as anybody, um, and you know Utah is having more success, you know, obviously on the uh, the winning side of of the rivalry over the last decade, um, and it, which gives them, you know, a lot more fuel, a lot more room to talk trash, a lot more um, edge, if if you will, and so you know I wouldn't say that it's gone down. I and, you know it's just. It's just in a different type of a different state right now, just based on who's been dominating. But I think it's still alive and well. It's still thriving. Um, you know, I, I think any social you can go on social media, go onto Twitter, and you'll see that you know those fans are still still chirping back and forth to each other. So it's I think it's it's going to be a fun one. I think especially this year, the year after COVID, fans are back in the stadium. Didn't play last year, so now it's kind of there's some delayed. Uh, gratification now that's finally going to, you know, fans are finally going to be able to watch this. It's the first home game. I think the energy will be um, palpable on Saturday. I wonder how the matchup will be with Utah's offensive speed versus BYU's defense, Tanner, because as I was watching the game against Arizona, uh, Jake and I were talking about this. BYU was missing tackles, but some of the time it was because they were out of position to make the tackle. Uh, How do you think uh, that's going to go? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I give advantage to Utah on this front. Um, you know, I, I would agree there, that there were some, some moments where the defense was out of position. Um, I think they don't have the uh, most elite uh, speed in the secondary, um, BYU's defense. Um, and I think, you know, losing a lot of senior, uh, you know, veteran leadership from last year's squad, it left a lot of slots open and guys have had to fill in. And I think there's there's some holes there. There's some gaps that need to be filled, um, you know, especially when you go against you know a, a Pac-12 team like Utah who has speed, who has weapons. That's going to be something to look for, and, I, and I definitely Utah is going to look to exploit that. They're going to you know I think try and put BYU's defense in in tough positions and really try to, to isolate them and take advantage of those mismatches. Um, you know, I, I think you give you got to give BYU credit overall. They 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 played solid. Um, you know, there weren't any like uh, you know jarring mistakes. They were just kind of small ones. Um, but uh, against a team like Utah, you're, you're going to have to really a team like Utah where you're a little bit physically outmatched. It's going to be um, you know a challenge for BYU secondary to. You know, just to fill those holes and to make sure that they're that they're keeping up with Utah's offense. If you'd been on the field when Keenan Ellis got hurt the way he did and that whole thing went down, how, 
I mean, what do you do, Tanner, in that situation? I mean, the fans can feel it. The media can feel it. But I just wondered what it's like for teammates. It's a tough thing to handle because, one, you're really concerned for your teammate. And you just hope that he's okay. You're just, you you want to know what's going on. You want to get more information and figure out if he's all right. Um, you know, you're, you feel for him. He's your teammate. He's your, he's your brother. And, and so you're, your, your heart hurts. But then in a matter of seconds, you have to put that behind you and focus back on the game. And you're really going to have to compartmentalize and um, forget about it for the, for the time being and just focus on your job and, and on your assignment on, on the next play. Um, you know, happy to hear that Keenan is um, was was responsive and was you know and, and, and was able to you know not have any I guess severe injuries that that we know of and was really happy to hear that relieved to hear that. Um, but yeah, that's that. Those are the um, I guess those those breaks in the game, those injury breaks are tough because you got to like I said, just compartmentalize and. Um, you know, be there for your teammate in one instant, and then the next instant, be ready to go and and uh, and play on the next play. Well, Tanner, thank you very much for for coming on with us and taking a few minutes, as always. And uh, honestly, enjoy that time with your family. It's a special one. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. No, we'll do. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Tanner. Our friend Tanner Mangum just had a baby, Gordon, last week. Grandchild number seven. I should, uh, it, on August 31st, because it was on my anniversary. Remember right. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Number seven. Number seven. Now, if all seven were left with you alone at once, <laughs> oh, they love how would Grandpa. it go? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure that they... <laughs> I'm sure that they love Grandpa. That might actually be part of the problem. But but I guess... what? How old's Brody G now? He's... He's... Uh, nine? Nine, ten, yeah. nine, ten, somewhere in there, yeah. something along those lines. Uh, so everybody else is younger than that. It would be sheer chaos. Yeah, and you yeah. at the center of that brings a smile to my face. Actually, well, I would let them do whatever they want, which would also be part of the problem. <laughs> you want to put your finger in that electric socket? Sure. <laughs> no, I wouldn't let them do that. Where's Brody? He's playing video games in the bathtub. But if they wanted treats, if they wanted to watch something on TV, if they wanted to play. Video games, sure. Have at it. Easy with those steak knives, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the little one would be a little intimidating oh because when they're just a few days old, that's uh, you know you've just been through that. Yes, I yes I do know, but you know babies are great. I'm, I'm happy for that family. Great family. He's gonna love staying up. Now Lisa, come home. <laughs> yeah, because there's a there's a child at home that needs care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Gordon probably himself almost put his finger in the electric socket this week. <laughs> Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. You're coming up from the L.A. area. How long did it take you to realize BYU-Utah was a big deal? Oh, not long at all. That's what Coach Witt lives on. You know, we don't lose to those guys. That's what he preaches every single year, every single week, every single day. And he makes it very apparent. So for an out-of-state kid coming in, you start to understand it. And then we have a video that plays on a loop of the football game between us. That's throughout the entire football facility for the entire week. And then 
then on top of that, you get there to the game, whether it's down there or up here in Rice Cycles, and then you start seeing all the fans, you start hearing all the noise and everything, and you realize, okay, these guys take that very serious, and it's grown upon me, so it's not even these guys. So now it's like me and my teammates take it very serious. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Cougars at 30 update. Here's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake evaluating his quarterback, Jaron Hall's first game. Yeah, I thought he made some plays. He broke a long one for, you know, scrambled. He created some space for himself um, with his with his leg, legs in the backfield. And I like the, the composure, the poise that he had. He's a great leader for us, you know. So I, I think that uh, obviously he knows that there's some things that he, he, he wants to do and plays that he wants to get back. And we're just going to look forward to learning as much as we can from this game and finding ways to get better. But that guy knows how to play football and how to create space. And he's, his athleticism is, is something that's really beneficial for our program. So uh, I I like the way he controls the offense. This update brought to you by Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Whether it's the classic, the Rickster, Killer, Handsome Raw, Pastrami, Fajita, or a Killer Breakfast Burrito. Don't forget the best shoestring fries out there. Marley's Gourmet Sliders will satisfy any hunger. Just off I-15 inside Timpanogos, Harley-Davidson. That's Marley's. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit. Let's go. The Zone is giving away tickets to every Utah, BYU, Utah State, and Weber State home game all season long. Listen for your chance to win tickets to see the teams you're passionate about right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Should we get to a little of uh, what's going on here? We'll get to the DJ and PK uh, part of what's going on at 430. But should we check in with Hanson, Scotty? Yeah. You and I, we uh, we talked about Utah State. Big win over Washington State. Certainly a bad week for the Pac-12 North. Uh, and uh, Utah State wins in thrilling fashion. Let's check in with the voice of the Aggies, shall we? Here's Scotty G and Hans talking Utah State. You know what I want to do? Strut. 15 seconds left. Utah State with the ball at the Washington State 7 for a chance to win this game. Bonner with Tyler next to him. Looks right, throws right, caught into the end zone. That is a Utah State touchdown, and the Aggies have taken the lead in Pullman. DT, are you with me? Utah State has taken the lead with 12 seconds left to go in the game. 24-23, Utah State leads by one. Logan Bonner all by himself in shotgun. They fake the handoff, rolls right, throws, acts back of the end zone, caught, touchdown Utah State. Derek Wright with a two-point conversion. And the Aggies up three, 26-23, with 13 seconds left to go in the ballgame. Oh, man. Well, the good is very obvious. The good is 
Scotty G's call as Utah State gets their amazing win over Washington State. That was a fun game to be a part of. It had to be. Uh, not just the win, it's just how the game played out. You know, you felt in like it was stadium. over in their stadium. And by the way, they had a good crowd, no, too. They, come on. You they did. Honest? No, it was actually really good. Um, Washington State fans showed up. Well, that? okay, I'll say this. The student section was packed. Okay. student section was just packed. All right. And they'd like to have a good time out there. That's small town. And by the way, this is my first trip to Pullman. Pullman, what is, what is Pullman doing having a Pac-12 team there? I don't know. I've never known. I it's never made a lot of sense to me. I took a recruiting trip there too, Mike Price. <laughs> Another cookies and chocolate milk trip. It was very very mundane. Just <laughs> a leisurely 3 days in Pullman. <laughs> a lot of with, sitting around, with, right? With with, with, with Ryan, Ryan Leaf as your <laughs> recruiting guy. <laughs> By the way, was it so I yeah. didn't I didn't know the Ryan Leaf. You guys were saying on the podcast Ryan Leaf said Washington to go 12 and 0. And he tweeted it. Oh, he did? Which yes, he worse. did. <laughs> and he actually tweeted it, so there is evidence Bless outside our, of hey, what he said on TV. Look, we, we all put ourselves out there. All of us put ourselves out there all the time. I've done that. I've tweeted my predictions, and they've gone poor. And I've tweeted predictions, and they've been really close. Yeah, but you don't predict an undefeated season. Uh, not uh, for Washington. Yeah. Not for Washington team. And you played for Washington State. Yeah. Like, what little fans you had left in Pullman, they're, <laughs> they're ready to point. storm your castle. Like, you picked the Huskies to go undefeated? Oh. Holy moly. So now Washington State fans are just bludgeoning him. Oh, of like, course. Geez. Deservedly so, Not man. only do you go with those guys, but you were wrong, moron. Oh, that, that, but, that guy's in a bad spot. Uh, but it was, it was really cool. It was a fun trip. It was a fun game to call. Uh, because, like I said, I thought Utah State was it, it was rough sledding there in the fourth quarter, and you thought five and a half minutes left, even though they're driving, the chance of getting a touchdown, getting a stop, getting another touchdown. But I would say just as impressive as the touchdown was you need to get a stop, you need to get off the field, and they forced that quick three and out. Boom, boom, boom. Pretty impressive. Off the field. Didn't give up a first down, gave lots of time to their offense to go down and score. Yeah, congratulations to that Utah State defense coordinator for making some good calls and keeping Washington State off the field. Hey, Kate, you and I have not talked about this, but you would have mentioned this to me, so I'm pretty sure I feel safe asking this. A lot of times in these exciting moments, you know, when you're talking about historical moments, yeah. the color guy will step on calls. Did Kevin White step on any calls? No, he did not. With a, ah! Nope. With a big, they did it! Nothing like that? Nothing. Nope. He stayed out of the and call. he was he was actually afterwards he's like I was I, I I was really really keeping myself in check and I'm like it was awesome Kevin you did a great job I can't believe he he didn't step on a call no he was he was dialed in no I'm I'm being 100 percent serious Lloyd is he shaking his head we didn't have to edit out any Kevin White no, in that call he's not all right good job Kevin because that's a tough time that's you want to be reactionary yeah but. The one thing I know about being a color analyst is just let the play-by-play guy call the moment with his excitement, and instead of being a cheerleader, be ready to break down what you just saw. Don't get caught up in the moment, but look at your formations, how many were in the box, what 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 coverage broke, what lineman set the block, where, where did the pick come from, yeah. why is there a flag on the – have like – have something ready other than, ah! 
Because that is the worst. I wonder if fans like that, though. Do fans like when the color analyst starts screaming? Uh, I don't think so. See, as a listener, I don't know the fan side. But as a listener, it's like, okay, wow, this was an incredible moment. Now, how did it happen? Yeah, And the color analyst needs to come in and say, this was a perfect play call because this, this, and this happened. A bunch set. They confused coverage. Perfect throw by some that just give that to me. Yep. So that as I'm listening to your excitement, now I can be excited because holy cow, that must have been an incredible call. That was Good a fun moment. win. There you go. Utah State comes away with a win over Washington State. I do get annoyed when the color analyst steps on the play by play guy as well. I don't oh, know how, how many other people actually care about that, but um I love Scotty. Hey, the fans were great up there in Washington State. Well, the student section was filled. <laughs> have you been to that stadium no, in Pullman? It's, uh, it's got a little bit of that erector set that feel to it. Uh, they did uh, upgrade it a number of years ago. But uh, I don't care where you're playing. That's a, that's a terrific win for the Aggies. And I don't know how good Washington State is going to be. They didn't look impressive to me. But uh, Utah State getting the win and feeling good about it, as they should. And Blake Anderson was really pleased uh, this morning when he was on with DJ and PK. And, and I don't blame him, man. What a way to start. I don't know if Rolovich is long for that job. I know there's probably not a lot of uh, interested Washington State uh, listeners right now. But you know what? Let's get Coach, in on the phone and tell us all about Coach it. Coach Mack, though, was mentioning a couple of things uh, last week about how he's not the most popular guy up the there to begin with. Yeah, yeah. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what's happening on the field and everything to do with, like, he's being sued by a former player and then the, the vaccination catastrophe that maybe he's not – most popular guy to begin with, and so you mentioned it, Ian Furness. You should have seen his tweets over the weekend. Oh, were they bad? Oh, he let it fly, man. What he said? He's not a big fan of Coach Rolovich either. Well, it he might not be long for that gig, because if if you're going to have a bad season and everybody's going to be patient with you, you you probably ought to be in the good graces of everybody, right? You well, know? if they can't beat Utah State, this is no knock on Utah State, but if they can't beat Utah State, how's it going to go against most of the Pac-12 opponents they face, including BYU? I I, I don't – well, maybe the Pac-12 isn't much to worry about. Who knows with some of the losses that Northern Division uh, absorbed, but I will see. I was really – I was surprised by those losses. The Arizona loss didn't surprise me. I'm not surprised BYU beat Arizona. Oh, well, right? BYU's favored by a touchdown and a half. I was a little surprised UCLA beat LSU, but I thought UCLA was going to be better. And after hearing Coach Mack on Friday predict that victory, that one didn't surprise me. Well, uh, UCLA as, played some tough defense when they needed to. But I certainly would have picked Stanford over Kansas State. I would have picked Washington big time over Montana. Oh, yeah, that one. And you know what? The Aggies, there was a lot of unknowns there, but I don't know if I would have predicted the Aggies to to come out with a win there. Cal, I would have expected to win. I just don't know, Jake. I I don't know. Those are some eye opening losses. This league is. Well, it's going to depend on the South. And that probably was true before the season even started, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. But it comes down to Utah, Arizona State, and USC. Those three teams, I think, are going to have to carry the league, or so it would appear. Oregon beat Fresno, but it was far from convincing. Yeah. And by the way, Oregon's offensive line sucks. 
Who would have thought that with an offensive line coach as a head coach? Yeah, it's true. It's there. There's a lot in the air right now, and, and really, I don't think we should jump to every conclusion here. It might have just been opening day kind of jitters or trying to work things through. But those are bad losses. There's no doubt. You know, that. I you know I get mad when I get duped. You know, I t- I said years ago I was no longer going to get duped by uh, by the hype surrounding Utah's wide receivers in camp. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to stop drinking the Pac-12 Media Day Kool Aid. I really do because I, I came think- away from Southern California like, hey, everybody's going to be better. This league is going to be pretty good this year. Bam! Washington loses to Montana. Just ignore everybody. Thought Cal would be better. Bam! A loss to the Wolf Pack. And maybe Nevada turns out to be good. I don't know, but still. We'll see. Not encouraging for the Pac-12 so far, although that UCLA win was big. Kind of. I think Coach O might be on his way out. (laughs) I'm serious. He might be the case of a head coach backed his way into an unbelievable quarterback. Hey, what do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) And then without said unbelievable quarterback. I saw him today online compared to Gene Chizik. Hmm. All right. Because he got Cam Newton, right? National championship. Jake got over the pole boy off my playboy. The very next game, they should have lost to the Aggies. If the Aggies. You know what mama said about the Aggies. They don't play good football. The Aggies are pole boy on the shrimp. I do like Austin's. I'm doing media over very here. Good. It Thank is good. you. Uh, market update coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. The Holy War is here. Kalani Sataki and the Cougars look to snap Utah's winning streak at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your Utes at 50 update, and it is rivalry week, and Devin Lloyd talks about how big a deal this game is. You know, it's up there with, you know, the best rivalries in all of college football. I mean, more than anything, it's, you know, about keeping the streak alive, really just understanding that the intensity needs to be upped because we don't lose to those guys, plain and simple. This update brought to you by Football Friday, which is brought to you by Stonehaven. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exam and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment today. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Normally, we do a market update here. Brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. But uh, the markets were not open today. So we'll give you updated numbers coming up tomorrow. Sounds good to me. I've got a a, a real quick thing here. Um, Gordon, actually, uh, two. I found two uh, of those, uh, you know, kind of uh, survey graphics that you see on Twitter. Uh, that uh, I thought were interesting. Uh, 
Uh, we'll have Coach Witt's uh, kind of highlights from his press conference coming up next. But let's let's do this one from Max Preps. Says uh, this this poll for uh, all the states. What state has the most iconic post game spot? So going to grab a shake after the game or something. Hmm. All right. You know what Utah's was? Nope. Arctic Circle. Which a lot of uh, uh, local fans were pushing back against that. Why? They invented fry sauce. They did invent pr- fry sauce. And that that's a super iconic Utah spot. Yeah. Good right. ice cream at, at uh, Arctic Circle. Some others like California was in and out Washington was Starbucks. That's, that's so cliche. Because of Seattle and all that. Yeah, because that's where it started. That's where, but I, I, I don't see like a football player, like a high school player, the running back, star running. Hey, son, you just scored the game winning touchdown. What do you want to do after? Can I get a mocha latte? <laughs> can I get a venti mocha cappuccino? Can we, can we get that and maybe a scone? <laughs> I don't know. So maybe this is, maybe this is just made up. A Piscotti. Like Oklahoma's was Sonic. Whataburger oh. was Texas. The DQ? For, uh, what is that, Michigan? Wait, the DQ? Or no, let's see. DQ. Yeah, Dairy Queen. Dairy okay. Queen. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it called the Dairy Queen in my whole life? I've just called it Dairy Queen? New York? How about this for cliche? Sabaro? <laughs> that reminds me of The Office. Yeah. His favorite uh, Italian pizza parlor. New York uh Gotta get authentic. a New York slice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sabaro. You're gonna like Florida's. BK. Oh, come on, man. It's BK. You like BK. I do like BK. I sent you a funny gif over the weekend about you BK. Did. You did. So. It saves lives. Uh, five guys for North Carolina? No, that's, uh, let's see. Five guys for Virginia. Bojangles for North Carolina. <laughs> Denny's for South Carolina. Wow. Let's go get a grand slam. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll save the other one for later. Uh, so Utah State is Arctic Circle. Utah State. The state of Utah. I mean, the, yeah. the iconic post-game spot is Arctic Circle. For high schoolers. I'm assuming because it's Max Preps who put this out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's not necessarily the teams and where they go. This is where the fans, the crowd, they all rally yeah, after the game. Post-game spot. Gotcha. Chipotle for Colorado. That's a little uppity. Taco Johnny's. Never for, heard of for it. Wyoming. Taco Johnny's? What is that? It's Taco Johnny's. Never heard of it. Any Jack in the Box on the list? Probably, but they're. You know, Idaho, probably. No, let's see. Idaho's is. I've never seen this. I don't even know what that says. Maybe be careful. Then. Something Java, like a coffee spot. Moore's Java? I don't know huh. what that is. All right. So it's logos, then, is what you're seeing? Yeah. Cold Stone is Arby's for Arizona. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see an Arby's anymore. Oh, come on. All right, stay tuned. Highlights from Coach Witt's press conference next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. From the Action Network, Brett McMurphy, College Insider. Is it just a matter of when BYU will receive an invitation, not if they'll receive an invitation? Yeah, it's a matter of not if, but when. Sources told me that BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF would receive an official invite, and it could happen as soon as this month. I thought all along when OU and Texas went to the SEC, the best scenario for BYU was nothing else happened. Because if nothing else happened with the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the 
ACC. That meant the Big 12 would survive with eight. They would have to reload. And sources that I talked to this past week said, without question, BYU is the clear-cut number one choice for the Big 12. So now it's just figuring out how quickly they can come on board. And by the way, this is all sports. This is not football only. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.